0: Morena, good morning. So who's forgotten their mask this week? Who's gone somewhere without their mask? (laughs) I got to do my first audit again this week and um, I was working in an office and then going in and out of the house and I would say a third of the time I remember to take my mask. And lipstick, lipstick has had to be abandoned because lipstick on masks is just tacky. So in my world, forgetting my mask, can't wear my lipstick. So I'm Kim Sutton, and there's a few faces I don't know here. I'm one of the elders here at Parklands, and we're welcoming back Linda and Colin today after their three-month sabbatical, and we're looking forward to hearing next week from Colin about what God's been saying to him over this time. But I think it's really important to acknowledge today that this is a really challenging time. It's not just about masks and lipsticks. You know, we've had a much less restrictive lockdown than Auckland. But the people I've spoken to, people are weary, tired. It's the about-face of going into lockdown, the changing your plans, the having to rejuggle everything, It's just created a... Tiredness that, that seems general as I chat to people. There's a, a different energy. We've, we're all accepting now that we're not going to eradicate COVID. We're going to have to learn to live with it. And that's, there's a sadness, I think, and a resignedness that goes with that. But I guess as the people of God, how do we respond to that? And, you know, as the worship team's reminded us today, and as we go to God's word each day, that's where we're reminded As Kim Peters says, God's got this. All the stuff that feels out of control, all the wonderings we have about what does that mean for travel, what does that mean for our lives, what does that mean for our young people and their futures, that means God's got this. We don't know. We never really knew, but now it's really clear we don't know. So I just want to acknowledge, going back to the verses that have held me through the years, And one of the ones that's probably familiar to many of you is Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. To trust in the Lord with all our hearts, to lean not on our understanding, in all our ways to acknowledge God and he will make our paths straight. And I think I'm learning more about when the path is not straight, God's asking me to wait. Just wait. Because when there's a straight path, you'll see it. He'll show you. So I guess I just thought it's important to acknowledge at the moment how are we being the people of God? And I would have to say sometimes not well, for me. I sometimes when I had to go through security in Wellington and on top of removing my bracelet, taking off my coat, getting my computer out, now, now everybody has to take their shoes off every time. I'm like, Really? <laughs> I didn't cope very well with that other thing on top of a long, busy day, and so let's be gracious with ourselves as our God is gracious with us and with each other when we're finding it hard to adapt. An Auckland colleague said she turned up when they went to level three to a coffee shop where they decided not to put their coffee machine on because it was going to be too busy, and she said, I burst into tears, and I thought, this is ridiculous, I'm crying over coffee, but she's not, is she? She's crying over COVID, and just a little thing that looked like it was going to put a little bit of light in her day that she couldn't have, and I think there's lots of those things. So if you find yourself crying over coffee, I think you're just like the rest of us. It's not easy, and we just have to be gracious and give. Let God fill us up so we've got something to give out. So I just thought it was important to to acknowledge our world right now. But my task today, my privilege today, is to talk about and summarise What the elders termed as our church sabbatical over the last three months. So some of you might have had a look at the link that went out in the newsletter that captured some of that information and how we've worked with it and there's paper copies out in the foyer for anyone who likes that version. So today I'm going to talk about the process we've been on, the conclusions we've come to so far and how we've conceptualised that. Paul's going to talk a little bit about service and how he's seeing that in his world at the moment. And then we're going to talk about where to next. So we've been working through a process based on answering three key questions to come to an agreed vision and purpose of what God is saying to us and capturing what we're already doing, how we're already serving. And this will guide us as we make decisions about where we put resources and energy and focus as a church. So we've been listening to each other and God. We've been hearing from people in different roles in the church, Different ministries in the church about their hopes and dreams for this church in this community. We managed to get one of our Sunday prayer and vision nights in before COVID turned the world sideways. So, one down. We're going to have more. And we believe that our great God wants to do great things here in Parklands through us, because God uses great pots, thankfully, um, and and He will empower us if we're listening and willing and open. So as we've been listening to God and to each other, we've heard about what we're currently doing and who's doing it. So we've heard from Kieran and Jasper and Anita and the other, st- about we- the people they're working with and what we would love to be doing. What are the dreams of, of those of us who sit, in- sit here and are part of this family? What- what- who do we have on our hearts? Who we're already serving and who would we love to serve more in a different way? So, the first slide, thanks, Jack, is the three key questions. And today I'm talking about question one why do we exist as a church and, and how we've captured that conversation that we've been having? So, next slide, thanks, Jack. So, David Baines was the first up um, when we were talking and he reminded us of some really foundational verses that we've talked about a lot over the last three months. Of Jesus' clear instructions of our purpose in what we call the Great Commission. So let's read that together. I can't see that far. Um, so let's read together Matthew 28 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So that's a really familiar passage to us. The final words that Jesus chose to speak to his disciples. His team left on earth to carry on the work that he had begun. There's a reminder here of what they had witnessed during his life. This person that they had seen heal the sick and calm the storm... They'd seen the evidence and now they'd seen him die and be raised to life. So when Jesus said to them, all authority has been given to me, they knew that. They'd seen that. Then he was saying, as I have taught, guided and loved you, now you go and do what I've done. I came from heaven to you. Now you go and tell people that I came from heaven for them. To have a relationship with them. I love them and I have a plan for their lives. Remember, I'm I'm with you wherever you go and all my resources and whoever you speak to. And then the next slide, thanks, Jack. And that other great, greatest commandment, Matthew 22, 37 to 39, let's read together. So Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus said, I've loved you. I want a relationship with you. And as you get to know me, you will learn how to love. And then you go, full of my love, to the people I bring into your life. So prayer and visioning. Why do we exist? Whoops, wrong page. So next slide. Thanks, great. So as we've worked with the information, the feedback, the conversations we've had, we've captured it as a first go, like this. We exist to glorify God through service, spiritual formation, discipleship, and the context of family life. We believe this is a way to describe our being, our doing, and our belonging that are all integral parts of our Christian journey. Next slide, thanks, Jack. So Liz is very clever. So Liz managed to find a picture because we felt it was a circle that it all interlinked and that discipleship was in the middle. But we haven't got our nails. She had the nails and a cross in the middle on the one that I've got. Um, so this is how we've tried to conceptualise that summary of the information and that, kind, that current version of why do we exist. Discipleship's in the centre of the circle and we believe This is the process that links it all together. So glorifying God. So glorifying God is the ultimate, absolute, all-pervasive reason for being. Everything we are and everything we do. So all we do must honour God, being in relationship with him, discerning his will, using our gifts, talents and resources for kingdom growth as directed by him. Next slide, thanks. Yep, and then the next one, spiritual formation. So that determines what sort of people are we becoming. What is our being as people of God? So one writer captured it like this. He said, Spiritual formation in the tradition of Jesus Christ is the process of transformation of the inmost dimension of the human being, the heart, which is the same as the spiritual will. That is being formed or really transformed in such a way that its natural expression comes to be the deeds of Christ done in the power of Christ. So when as we're being spiritually transformed, we become people who do the deeds of Christ. That becomes our natural way of being. Yeah, and I know most days that doesn't feel like how I'm going, but there are moments when you think, actually, I did that God's way in God's power. I remembered to wait for the Holy Spirit. I remembered to let that uplift me and carry me in that time and place. So we're going to work together for maturity and intentional discipleship. So service. So Paul's going to come and talk to us about service. Service is our doing. So doing what Jesus would do if he were here. So I just think about some of the There's so many ways people serve in our community here, but families have needs, so we run a toolbox course. Older older people can't cut their own toenails, so we do it for them, enabling them to stay in their own homes. David Baines served as the secretary of the Residents Association to work alongside the community. Young people who don't have a place to go have been provided with a place to stay by people within our church. So Paul, I just invite you now to talk about some things that have crystallised for you in the last wee while.
1: Technology. Who knows technology? Um, I mentioned a little epiphany to um, Kim the other day, a wee while ago, and it's the reason she's asked me to come up. Uh, epiphany is a light bulb moment if you haven't come across that word. And I, I think God's been gracious because I think it's a God light, mold, light bulb epiphany moment. Um, if you've been listening to me lately, and a lot of people know I talk like crazy, I go on and on and on. And I'm 66, and I'll be on and on about when do I retire? What am I going to do? And Because, um, you know, like, you, you work all your life, you think, I've always worked since about 17, never stopped. And think, this is a change of life. But um, God's been gracious to me in the last wee while, just a short time ago, where he sort of showed me that I am where I'm supposed to be. And um, that epiphany, really, is that in my workplace, I found that God is working in my workplace. And God is, how do I word it, um, realizing that the powerful God empowers us to each be a people to those around us and as we cogitate and think and wonder about what we do in our community here we also all have lives around us in our in their workplaces in our schools in our communities that we shake, shake uh, what do you call it we mix up with people who don't know the Lord or who don't have a faith walk and and I've found it so such a gracious time for me that I've suddenly realized in a bigger way that my my workplace is my mission for today it's part of my mission maybe there's other missions but it's been a fantastic time realizing that Um, some of these guys I've worked with for 25 years and we've walked a walk and I sometimes very rarely get up in the morning and say God think of something can I think of a moment in time during the day when I can share something to those around us and over the years many of the days have been normal don't get me wrong but I've shared lives with these guys around me, and girls and ladies, and even the ones into our outer branches, um, down in Mosgill and um, Invercargill, even Auckland, about parts of my life. And, and they're so gracious, and they hear my story, and some have come back and told me their stories, and even challenges and burdens over the years. And I think we're all challenged to be people who are light in that community. We're not, we don't have it all right. <clears throat> For the last two years, I've heard, heard on and on about this church about how we're building this and doing that and the troubles and the trials and they've walked with me. They haven't necessarily prayed for me, don't get me wrong, but they've been with me in that sense and um, we also see in the days ahead, Carolyn and I having a, a, a difficult journey in the days ahead and they're with us there and one or two are even prayed for us and, uh, but they are with us and so I feel blessed that we can be a service, a, a connection to Christ and the community in our failed state. Um, I love that concept where we're um, what do you call it, uh, there's earthen vessels, there's, um, what is the bit in front oh sorry, I've forgotten it, uh, we, there's this great gift in earthen vessels and we're, got, we're just crackpots but God's got the gift to, in us and he can give it out so service is something that happens naturally and I just feel, I feel God's been gracious and sort of reminding me of that just in the last wee while and it has been an epiphany, great word there did you leave it to it?
0: So our doing, it might be as part of the church here and it might be as Paul says and there's other parts of our lives. So family life within the church, our belonging. I thought this quote captured church family life really well. The church is God's creation to set the lonely in families, to give us a place to belong. Churches can promote belonging by having their ministries and strategies around a thriving community, by inviting people to belong and not just challenging them to commit. I found that a really challenging statement. It's really interesting because I think a lot of us have heard sermons about committing. And what's the difference between committing and belonging? Strong and authentic relationships that inspire the wider community to want to explore a faith relationship. You know, Jesus said... They will know your disciples, my disciples, by the love you have for one another. and I think that's up there with one of the biggest challenges we've got. So that's another challenging idea for us to explore together. What's the difference between being committed and belonging? How's that going to look and feel? And, And some of you will be able to capture it better than I can, but it was just... It's an interesting challenge to I think of what um, Joe Smith said about this community that had raised her in the faith and been people around her and Kieran referred to it a bit as well as to Jasper and Anita and so there's threads of that there of what is it that we're building, how is it that we're being and then the last one is discipleship that's binding it all together and I think we have some great examples in this church of people who live a discipling life You think of Kevin and Angela and their running of the Alpha courses, David and Simone, and they've lived a life of discipling people, all sorts of ways that's been their ministry. I think of Kieran linking some of the young people with mentors within the church. That's just another version of discipling, just to name a few. Discipleship's been one of the joys of my Christian life. I had the privilege of being discipled as a new Christian for three years. I was involved in the Navigators. So that meant one-to-one Bible study and dinner. Um, for a student, that was awesome. And memory verses. And then part of a, young, a group of young people, who had a lot of fun together, but we also learned about God together and we challenged and encouraged each other. And I've had the privilege over the years of discipling and mentoring a number of young women. And that's, that's just brought me great delight. And I think, as Paul said, it's stuff that comes naturally to us, isn't it? For me, that means building a relationship within which we both grow and challenge each other to grow closer to God. And often the person I've been mentoring or discipling has asked me those questions that make me sharpen my belief and my faith and help me grow. So I come back to that statement that we've started with. We exist to glorify God through service, spiritual formation, discipleship in the context of our family life. So the next step is to say, if if this is why we exist, then what does that mean for what we do? So we're going to get together in a couple of weeks, the next Sunday prayer and vision night, and put legs on that. Try and make sense of that. Paul's given us an example of what this means for him. But I encourage you to talk to somebody, if they're in your bubble, you can have your mask off. If they're not in your bubble, you need to put your mask back on in this COVID world we live in, about what that might mean for you. What, what, what are your dreams and hopes about church and what that can be? So I'd like to encourage you to talk and pray with people around you as you're comfortable, whether it's just the person next to you or others, mask on, mask off, depending on who you're with, as you consider that next question. And I look forward to seeing those of you who can make it on Sunday the 17th at 7 o'clock. So I'll just close in prayer and then leave people to pray together. Father, we're so grateful in a time where the world is tough to understand often, where things are changing pretty fast, and where things we took for granted a year, two years, three years ago have all changed and been turned on their heads, really. But you are our wonderful God, who's the same yesterday, today and forever. Thank you for the journey that you've taken us on as a church, the conversations we've had, the things we've heard from each other, the things we've heard from you. Thank you for the time that Colin and Linda have had away and that opportunity with some headspace and to, to explore other things around who you are to them and where they want to be and their walk with you. So, Father, as we have discussed why we exist to glorify you, help us now as we take that next step to discuss, well, what does that mean? What does that look like in this world where you've placed us? in our workplace, our school, our friendships, our neighbours, our families, those random people that you might come across as you walk around the block with your dog. Wherever you've placed us, Father, the people we sit next to on an aeroplane. Help us to be crackpots who are open and willing to hear you speak and then to hear what you, to speak what you say to those around us as they need to hear it. So as we go out into another week, wondering about COVID numbers. But Lord, COVID numbers don't rule our world. You are Lord God Almighty and you rule this world. And so we go forth in your name, in your strength, with your love. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.